Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, that we could come and approach you tonight, the master of the wind, the maker of the rain. Lord, the very things that seem to trouble your bride, you're the one that's in control, Lord. Lord, there is nothing in this world that is out of cater, for we serve the living God that is omnipotent, omnipresent, and infinite, Lord. Father, you know the end from the beginning, Lord Jesus. You, there's nothing that you have not foresaw, that you have not allowed to take place. Lord, that it could come and maybe it would buff it, but Lord, it's for nothing more than the molding of our character, Lord. And I ask now, Lord, that you would come on the scene for each one present and listening. Lord Jesus, that you would come by our way. Remember Brother Ron Spencer tonight. Lord, we don't know what he's going through right now, Lord. Remember him, Father. The saints around the world, Lord, that have been hampered by this and by other things, Lord, I think of the ones in Turkey, the ones in China. Lord, that Satan is continually buffeting and buffeting, but Lord, you've raised up a standard in this day. Lord, that is greater in us, Lord, than all the kingdoms of hell, all the powers that are in the world, Lord. You are greater. You are more powerful, and you have never lost a battle. So, Father, we want to invite you tonight that you would come, be the general, Lord. Come and lead us. Come speak to us, Lord. We're not looking for a great fire or an earthquake, but just a still, small voice. Lord, if you would just speak a word, it would make all the difference, Lord. Lord, your voice, Lord Jesus, all the winds and the waves must obey. Lord, all the world must obey. Governments must obey. And your children more than anything, Lord. We long for that voice to obey it, Father, to love you. Lord Jesus, would you have your way tonight? We ask it in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Let's take our Bibles together. Thank you to the musicians, Brother Jeffrey, for the song service. To each one present here, God bless you for bringing your lick of fire. Amen. With all this time spent in prayer at home in the Word, our licks of fire are getting bigger, so we need fewer and fewer to have a bonfire. <laughs> Amen. That's all right. There's plenty at home and streaming in, and God bless each one of you. I, I want to uh, thank Brother Red for the service this morning. I, I was tempted to text him and say, why don't you just continue on tonight because we're very much in the same vein and the same thoughts, so it makes me very nervous. When a senior minister, my senior anyways, is along the same vein as me, and I, I can never seem to deliver a message as well as someone like Brother Ed. But uh, we certainly just trust the Lord and uh, look to him to see what he would have for us tonight. And I want to speak tonight. I, I still just feel 
I guess you could say ill-prepared, but um, like it's just constantly evolving. Every time I read over my notes, it changes, and then it changes, and then it changes. So, but the Lord is like that sometimes. He just wants to take you deeper and deeper in the Word. So I want to turn tonight to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. As we would speak, I would even take this as part seven of Wisdom by Revelation with a subtitle of The Voice of Truth. The Voice of Truth. Which nowadays, there's, there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of things that everyone has to say, opinions, and even now that there has, as Brother Ed mentioned this morning, a, a great influx of, of people buying Bibles and things that people's thoughts have turned to uh, spiritual things. And there's be, a lot of people have decided to voice their opinions on different things. And, but there is one voice, yeah. which is a voice of truth. Amen. Amen. And I want to just take it from John chapter 18 and verse 37. We know this is when he's before Pilate and in Pilate's hall and he's in the judgment hall there and Pilate begins to ask him, art thou a king? And Jesus answers and said, thou sayest this of thyself or did someone else tell you this? And, and Pilate basically you know, says, well, you were delivered by, my, by your people to me. What have you done? And he, Jesus says, my kingdom's not of this world. And we, we pick it up in verse 37 where Pilate answered unto him and said, art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, said, Thou sayest, I am a king. To this, to this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? Amen. May the Lord has blessing to the word you may. Have your seats if you would like. I want to just take it from here and just begin to expound and then begin to understand. Pilate, who's a man that you can see he's nervous. He's a nervous man because now he's received a man into his own judgment hall where he really doesn't want to pass judgment on Jesus. You can see by his words and things, he's trying with everything he has to figure out what's wrong. And even the, the Pharisees and the scribes really won't tell him what, he, what he's guilty of or what they're accusing him of. Or they, they just try and say, well, it was blasphemy or he this or that by two false witnesses. But it wasn't, they weren't giving him a real good answer. And so he began to ask Jesus himself, you know, what have you done? What, what is going on here? Somebody fill me in. Somebody tell me what's happening. And he began to, in all of this, even when Jesus then makes a statement, and really is, is one of the last times, or the last time he makes a statement like this, where he says that now, he says that, that everyone that is of the truth will hear my voice, or heareth my voice. They'll hear it. They'll know it. He, begins, he just slips that in there talking about a kingdom. Where's your kingdom over here or there? Or your servants fight or not fight? Are you a king? Are you not a king? What really are you? And Jesus just slips it in there and says, but everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And it really shakes Pilate up. Because Pilate's response to him is, is really, what is truth? 
he's, he's so uncertain at this time that and there's so much fear in his own life where he's singing, where can I stand? What, what really is truth? What can I really base a judgment on? What can I really stand on right now and say, this will not fail. This is something that I know of a surety I've made the right decision. So he's asking him, what is truth? What is truth? And I would say it even today. What is truth today? And where is it at? As I said, Brother Ed, you was really on the same lines as what I was studying and things. But where is it at? Where is the truth at? We know the Word of God is truth. We could say that and make it as a believer. We know, hey man, the Word of God is truth. But many people now have bought a Bible looking for some kind of truth. Looking for some kind of encouragement in this hour when they're not sure what is truth. They're not sure who to believe. The government's saying this and the next day they turn around and say something completely different. And the, 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 the scientists are saying one thing and the, but they're uncertain and they say it could be two weeks, it could be two years, it could be this, it could be that. We don't know. So the people are beginning to look and beginning to search what is truth. What can I really stand on today? What can I really look to today to find out what's really of a, uh, of a surety or what will not fail? Amen. And we know, because we know the scripture so well, where, where, where it says heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. But I want to look tonight, God willing, into, into what is the voice of truth. Because it's not just the fact that there's truth, but the truth is something that is spoken. It comes by the way of by a delivery of a voice, and a voice goes forth that is a call. A call to truth. As we could find it, we could go back into John chapter 10 if you wanted to, is the scripture where Jesus begins to talk about the sheep and the shepherd and say, I'm the door to the sheepfold, and my sheep, they follow me. Or he says, when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Amen. The sheep aren't just looking for anybody that looks like the right person. They know the voice. They recognize something that, 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 that falls upon their ears, something that they can hear. As we know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But Jesus began to speak to them and it says that a stranger, the sheep will not follow, but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. Amen. Many people have said many things. There's been a lot of voices, but the sheep of God aren't following the voice of a stranger. They're following just another voice that's out there, but it's a voice that comes and is recognized by the Word of God. Now we can read on where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known, and, and I'm known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I the sheep. And I lay down my life for the sheep. No man, he says, taketh it from me. No man taketh his life from me, but I lay it down of myself. Think of this as he's, I'm sure, as he's the word made flesh and he's standing there in Pilate's hall. And Pilate is talking to him saying, don't you know I have the power and all these things. And Jesus would look back at him and say, you have no power. But what it was given of you, of my father, he began to think back to these words that he'd spoken to the, to, the, to, the, to the masses and to the people there where he began to say, no man taketh it from me. 
No one taketh it from me. No one could take my life. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There is nothing uncertain about that voice. As he begins to speak, he begins to say it. You, you don't have any power. No one could take my life. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to pick it up again. I can say I, I can do what I will because this commandment was given to me by the Father. Amen. See, it was a commandment that was revelation. Even if you jump down to verse 25, I'm in John chapter 10, if you're wondering. In John chapter 10 and verse 25, where he comes, actually he's now standing in Solomon's porch. And Jesus answered them when they said unto him, make us to doubt. They asked him, and said, if thou be Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them and said, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. And ye believe not, because you are not my sheep. As I said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And we know for this saying, they took up stones in the very next verse to try and stone him. And Jesus said, what good work are you stoning me for? But now we find here Jesus, he begins to speak and he begins to say, you know, I, I, my sheep, they know my voice and they follow me. Right before that, he talk, told them about the works. I just want you to, to, I'm trying to just lay a foundation so you can pick it up with me, but now here he begins to speak to them about the works and the works that I do. They testify who I am, but he doesn't say my sheep follow the works. He says my sheep know my voice. In other words, that the, the works were the sign, and the sign points to the voice. Amen. Where there's now, where, where Jesus did many mighty works, and as long as he was doing the works, they were okay with it. Brother Branham would talk about that, where he talked about how they were okay with following him when he's feeding the 5,000, doing these things. But when he comes and says, I and my Father are one, what was that? It was the voice speaking, the very voice of God. He was trying to impart revelation. His sheep caught it. Twelve of them didn't walk away. Twelve of them said, yeah, amen. My Father and I are one. Amen. We don't understand it, but Amen. Amen. They couldn't understand that. They knew just as well as the Pharisees knew this man came from his father. They thought this man came from, came from uh, Joseph, the son of a carpenter. They, they could look back at that, but something was burning in their hearts. Where they said, but something's true about his words. There's something about his voice that's burning now within my heart. It's calling me out to not think the thoughts of the Pharisees. Where the Pharisees are thinking, this is just some poor man from Nazareth. But something about these words begin to call them and woo them out of that ideology. In other words, it was a voice of truth. The Pharisees had said what they would say, but we know Jesus says, you have your father the devil. What they were saying was lies. But Jesus is speaking the words of truth. I and my Father are one, except you eat my flesh, drink my blood, you have no part in me. What was that? It was what the signs were already pointing to. 
It was pointing to Jesus. It was pointing to his message. It was pointing to what he'd come to do. And everybody was missing it because they were busy looking at the signs and not looking at what the sign was pointing to. Now we could even go back to Abraham. Abraham in the Bible when he come, and there come we know three visitors to Abraham one day on the plains of Mamre. And as he sat there, he looked out, the Bible records, and the Lord came to Abraham. And, and as he looked, he saw three men. And immediately he ran to them, and he, f- he fell down. If you read, I think it's in Genesis 19, I want to say. But uh, if you read it there where you find he ran to them. And he fell down and said, my Lord, and Brother Branham would take it. And he'd say, Abraham, uh, when when it comes down to where now he's gotten them meat, he's gotten them a a fresh drink of water, he's gotten all all of these things, and he come and he brought it to them. And and Elohim began to speak and said, where's Sarah, thy wife? Where's your wife, Sarah? Oh, mine. He says, now remember, Brother Branham says, he says, Jesus said that, that that would take place. Again, you know, the same angel, he recognized they were angels, see? He had heard the, that sound, and he heard that man speak. There was something about that when he recognized that that was the same voice. Notice he'd already had, uh, by Genesis 19, he'd already been and, and, and paid tithes to Melchizedek. He'd already had a call out of Ur. Abraham, come out of Ur, and I'm going to show you a land. He'd already heard that voice. He'd already heard the the, the Lord speaking to him. But when that man began to to speak, then now it looked like just another ordinary man. But when he spoke, Brother Branham says, Abraham recognized the voice. There was something about the voice that when he spoke, he recognized this was Elohim. This was God. Why? Because of the voice. Now I want to take it to a corner here and go to Revelations chapter 1. Revelations chapter 1. We'll start in verse 12. It says, and I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. This is a a very familiar portion of Scripture to us because Brother Branham goes into it in such detail and such depth. But we know that the voice said, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. It began to go down through the church ages. And he says, and I turned to see the voice. That spake to me, and, and, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. And his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. Amen. The voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. So in other words, his voice was like the sound of many waters. But what came out of his mouth was the word of God. A sharp two-edged sword. But he said it was like 
the voice of many waters. Amen. We know when Brother Brown goes into that. We'll get into it in a minute. But then he goes on and says, um, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And notice, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. The man would say it just took all of his energy, all of his strength out of him to behold this majestic sight of the Son of Man, the one like the Son of Man standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, and he fell down at his feet as dead. But notice the very next, the next one where it says, And he laid his right hand upon me and said unto me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Oh my, there's something about the appearance of Almighty God when he's standing there like unto the Son of Man. And there's something about the appearance that it just it took everything out of John. He couldn't handle that. But when the voice spoke, it changed the atmosphere. When the voice spoke, when he fell down as dead, scared, afraid, he fell down as, oh God, who am I to be in your presence? But the voice came down and said, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things that thou hast seen, and the things which are here, that which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in the right hand. And the seven golden candlesticks and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Amen. Jump with me down to, to, to chapter 4. Chapter 4 of Revelation in verse 1. It says, And after this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, the same voice that spoke and said, fear not. The same one that reached down his hand. The same one that said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. The same one that said, I'm the first and the last. It's the same one, the same voice that spoke, which I heard, was, was as it were of a trumpet talking with me. I, I, I love this scripture. I really do. Because this, this now... John has not read, I don't think, John has not read Thessalonians. First Thessalonians where it talks about the rapture. It says with a shout and a voice of the archangel and the trump of God. But here he says this voice, when it begins to speak like a trumpet, talking with me, and said, come up hither and I will show thee things that must be hereafter. Brother Benham says, see, it was the same voice walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks was the same voice he heard in heaven saying, come up hither. It represented the church going in the rapture. Now, it says in the, in the, same, in the same message, or sorry, message before that in uh, Revelation chapter 4, he says, oh, every Christian... The very voice that summoned you one day said to turn around is the same voice that summons you come up. Aren't you glad of that, brother? The voice that said turn around, the same voice has come up. There, what a summons, what a reality. Clear, distinct, like a trumpet. Turn around, serve me, come up to where I am. Oh, my hope we can catch this tonight. As I said, I, I, 
trying to deliver it properly. But now he comes in there and he begins to speak in Revelations 4 and the same one in Revelations 1. It's the same voice. It's the same one speaking. It's the same one that begins to speak to the seven church ages. Say, the, 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 the angel unto the, the church of Sardis writes, saith these things, and saith these things, and saith these things, and saith these things. It's the same one speaking. He says, in the same voice, the same one that called the church out, the same one that called you, praise God. It's not a different voice now calling us up yonder. It's the same voice. The same voice you heard on a message tape that called you out of the world, called you out of denomination. I'm not talking about the voice of William Brown, the voice behind the voice, the voice of Jesus Christ that spoke out and caught something in your heart. Like 12 disciples, and it was something that caught them in their heart that they couldn't walk away. When they say, will you go also? And he says, to whom would we go, Peter says? Thou alone has the words, the voice of eternal life. That alone has the voice of truth. There is no other voice of truth. There's no one else to turn to today. Where would we go? I'd ask you the same question today. Where would you go? We've seen what the world has to offer. We've seen the best that they have crumble in an instant. Where would you go? And it's not a different voice. It's the same voice. In the message, the rapture, Brother Branham says, now it's the first thing is the sounding. Talking about Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, the first thing is the sounding. This is the first thing is the trumpet, or the voice, sorry, a shout, and then a voice, and then a trumpet. A shout, he says, a messenger getting the people ready. The second, the voice of the resurrection. The same voice, that a loud voice in St. John eleven thirty-eight 38 to 44, called Lazarus from the grave. Oh, hallelujah. I hope we can catch that. It's not a different voice. It's not he doesn't change. It's not that if you've ever heard the voice of God, it doesn't change. If you've ever heard that still small voice in your heart, it doesn't change. It's the same day in and day out. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same one that called you out of the world. He's the same one that will call you up yonder. Because it's the same one that spoke, Lazarus, come forth. He's the same one that will speak, and the bride will come up yonder. It says, getting a bride together, and then the resurrection of the dead sea will be caught up with it. Now watch the three things take place. The next is what? It's a trumpet, a shout, a voice, and a trumpet. Now the third thing, a trumpet, which always is the feast of the trumpet, is calling the people to the feast. They'll breathe the bride's supper. The Lamb's Supper with the bride. Oh, see? Hallelujah. Now, all of these things, you have the shout, you have the voice, and you have the trumpet. They're all declaring the same thing. One's getting the people together. One is, one is getting a people ready. The other one's calling the people together. The other one's raising the dead and calling them all up to heaven. What is happening? It's the word going forth. It's not a different word. It's the same word going forth. It's the same word being, being cried out with the voice of God. It says one time, it says, the voice spoke to me in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And the same voice, like a trumpet, began to speak to me again, say, come up hither. Oh, hallelujah. Go to Matthew chapter 17.
Matthew chapter 17, we find some of the effects of the voice. And it says in, in, in Matthew 17 and verse 1, it says, After six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into the high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking unto him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Now, I want to just stop here for a moment, and I want you to understand something. They saw something incredible. They just seen the Son of Man be transfigured and his, and his face shone and his clothes shone. And here come Elijah in a glorified state. Here come Moses in a glorified state. Could you imagine that you're standing there in Peter's shoes and you're looking up at this. Not a word has been said yet, but as he begins to look at it, he begins to realize this is amazing. Oh, let's make three tabernacles. Right away, would just if you're looking at a sign, a work, a manifestation, that they begin to look at this, immediately their minds went to a trinity. I want you to catch this. Immediately their minds went to a trinity. There's Moses, there's Elijah, there's Jesus. Three tabernacles will do it this way. But then the scripture says, will they yet speak a voice? Will he yet speak, behold, a bright cloud overshadowing them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him, not them, him. Amen. You see, as long as they were looking at a great sign and they were looking at manifestations, they were looking at certain things, it looked amazing. It was the most amazing thing perhaps they'd ever seen. Here was transfigured beings right before them, but they got it all wrong. Until a voice spoke. And when a voice spoke, it cleared it right up. It gave them exactly the revelation that he was trying to display before their eyes. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. Oh my the same voice has spoken revelations to John. Oh my. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Let's bring it up a little bit to us. Galatians, Ephesians chapter 3. I shared this scripture with the youth on Friday. It just kept resonating around and around in my heart. The same voice, Brother Branham would say, the same voice that spoke on Mount Sinai to the children of Israel is the same voice that spoke on Mount Transfiguration. And then he also said, and it's the same voice that spoke in Revelations 1, one as unto the Son of Man. The same voice. In Revelations chapter 3 and verse 9, he says, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Now we could find in the message, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. 
in, a, in paragraph 295, Brother Branham says, see, it's a revelation. It's the eternal. It's eternal as though God's word is eternal. Look, but the threefold purpose of God's great mystery is revealed. God manifested in Christ. God manifested in the church in order to redeem the lost Eve back to the original condition. He says, oh my, there's going to be some great times on that day. Oh, and he says, it's right away. We believe it. Don't you believe it? Amen. But now, what is, he, what is he expressing? The mystery being revealed. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. And as he begins to speak on it, I want to take you back to the scripture now in Ephesians 3 and 9. It says, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. To be, in other words, to be a partaker of the mystery. Amen. To have a relationship with what is the mystery. Amen. That it's no longer just Christ being the mystery of God revealed, but if Christ is manifested in a bride, then the bride becomes the revelation of that mystery. Which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Amen. And to the intent, in other words, for the purpose that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. Amen. Hallelujah. That is that now she has a part to play in it. The bride of Christ has a part to play in it. It's not just Christ up there in heavenly places. And he's been seated on the right hand of God in heavenly places. All power dominion has been given unto him. But now it's been given down also to men that we could come up to where he's at. So that we could know of the principalities and the power in heavenly places. The manifold wisdom of God. There's your wisdom by revelation. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Access to what? Back into fellowship with Christ. We've got a boldness to enter back into the holiest of holies. Back into a fellowship, a closeness, an intimacy. Let's actually turn. I'll jump ahead, Sister Ruth. Go to 1 Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19 and verse 9. No, this is Elijah after he was fleeing from Jezebel. After he threatened his, she threatened his life, and he says, And he came up hither unto a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left. Oh my. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice came. You know, the heart, the song I had on my heart tonight was your voice makes the difference. 
When he speaks, it just relieves my troubled mind. Here stands the prophet of God, Elijah. He's troubled. He's standing there not sure where to stand at this moment. He says he's standing there. He's realized, God, I've been jealous for you. I've done all these things for you, but I'm the only one left. And they're trying to kill me now. They're trying to take my life. I've got nowhere else to go. But God comes down and he begins to show great mighty manifestations and great signs. There's a wind that comes and shakes the whole earth and an earthquake and there's a fire. But Elijah's not moved by that because he's listening for something else. He's not looking for an outward manifestation. He's looking for the voice. And when the voice speaks, it relieves his troubled mind. Oh, I say to you tonight, what are we looking for today? Are we so busy looking to say, where's the mighty sign? Where's the mighty wonders? When's somebody going to step up and rebuke this COVID and it go away? When's something going to happen? I'm not looking for that. I want the voice of God. That'll relieve me. Hallelujah. I want to get up into a sphere as we were speaking to the young people on Friday. I want to get up into a sphere where it begins to, the rest of the world looks like Ichabod written all over it. Oh my, when I could get in, when I begin to have fellowship with Christ. And it's me and him and his voice begins to speak. And he begins to speak to me. Nothing else matters. Oh my. What are we looking for, church? Say, let's not be looking for the great sign. Let's not be looking for the great wonders. Where is the speaking in tongues? Where is the, the outpouring of wisdom and discernment and all these things? Those things happen, but I'm not looking for them. I just want the word of God. Come speak to my soul, Lord. He says, oh, if God, if he can just get one man... He can perf- get him perfectly in harmony till he can become that word. That's what we want, to be seated in heavenly places so we can be perfectly in harmony with God till we become the word. He says an invisible union. He says that all that spiritual union of Christ in his church now, when the flesh is becoming the word and the word is becoming flesh, manifested, vindicated. In other words, there's a positive and a negative and they're coming together till they're just come down to being one. It's all positive. Just what the Bible said would happen in this day is happening day by day. Why? It's accumulating so fast out there in those deserts and things like that. I couldn't even keep up with it. We're, we're nearing the coming of Jesus to be united with his church where the word becomes the word. Call of the Holy Spirit, searching the hearts. Oh my. What's happening here? He says the word becomes the word. The word was not meant to be written on a page. It was meant to be lived in hearts, written epistles, read of all men. That was what it was meant to become. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us in Jesus Christ. It wasn't meant to be taken away at a cross and at an ascension and then go back up into heaven and we live any old way. No, it was meant to be lived out. Just as it was in the beginning when there was an Adam and an Eve living in the original creation of God, living in perfect harmony with God, fellowshipping in the cool of the evening. It was meant to be lived that way. And so is it today. It's meant to be lived in the same way where there would be a bride that would come in the cool of the evening and fellowship with him. 
that the word would become the word, the call of the Holy Spirit. What is that? It's the voice of God going out searching hearts. It says you're standing completely. You've never sinned in the first place. God don't even know. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. You never did it. You were accused of it by the accuser. But really, from the beginning, you were predestinated to be a son and a daughter of God. You're standing there washed and the old book of divorcements put away. It's dead absolutely out of existence, even in the mind of God. I say hallelujah. That old book of divorcement, that old marriage certificate I had to the devil, it's put away. It's not even in the mind of God anymore. It's completely gone. It's completely done away with. Hallelujah. He says, you're the virtuous bride of Christ, washed in the blood of Christ, precious, virtuous, sinless of son of God, standing with a pure, unadulterated bride word, that he washed by the water of his own blood that become flesh and manifested that he might take you which were predestinated into the bosom of the Father. Before the beginning, the same as he was, he was that great attribute of God called love. Oh, Lord. He was that great attribute of God called love. And he says he wants to take you the same. That you have been, 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 been molded and shaped by what? Hearing, listening to the voice. It's not just a dead letter. It's a lived out voice. These words on these pages, saints, I trust today in this day and age that we're living in, it's not a dead letter that you just happen to read every morning and every night, but it's something that's living on the page and it's burning in your heart and it's something that you begin to put this on and it begins to become flesh again. Because the voice today is not a voice that's just crying out from heaven. It's the voice of a bride speaking out and it's the same voice. He says, now I want to ask you something. What is sweeter than a man that's anchored, laying back under the evergreen tree and hearing the rippling brook? I'm talking about real live streaming. He says, oh, that's a church sitting in heavenly places with the voice of God rippling sweetly and talking to them. See what it is. It's a condemnation to the sinner and the blessing to the saved. See, that's what it is when you really get lost in Christ. Saints, young people, it's not just oh, some revelation out there. It's God sweetly speaking to you day in and day out. You're just resting by the brook. That's the rest of the saints. It says, a man who safely anchored his boat upon the rock, Christ Jesus, I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He just lays there, listens how, can, how he can rest, enter into that rest. How I like to get where the waters are running. He says, if you ever go fishing or anything, I usually try to find me a place where there's a waters are rippling. Because it just makes you rest. You hear it just like it's talking all night. Oh my, isn't it beautiful when you can really anchor your soul into Christ, into such a place, till you can get quiet before him and hear his voice speaking to you? I'm the Lord healeth thee. I'm the Lord that giveth thee eternal life. I love thee. I'm the door. I'm the door to the sheepfold. I'm the door that opened in heaven. I'm the voice that's calling to you. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy sicknesses and diseases. I know thee before the foundation of the world. 
I put thy name upon the book. Thou art mine. Oh my, fear not. So Brother Branham says, fear not. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Think of it in Mark. If you just put it on the screen, you don't have to turn to it. Mark chapter 4. Story of Jesus, he's out on the boat. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. And the same day it came to and that same day when the evening was come, he said, And then let us pass over unto the other side. I want you to understand something real quick. This was the word of God made flesh. He had knowledge, he knew the end from the beginning. He told them, I am that I am. Before Abraham was, I am. He knew who was going to happen that night. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew there was going to be a storm. He knew what was going to take place. And he, as a man that had enough power, he could have just walked across the water. He could have just spoken and he could have just transported himself from here to there that quickly uh, by faith the same way he did Philip. In the Holy Spirit, he could have done that. But he knew exactly what was going to happen until he got down in a ship, a man-made ship, a man-made boat. And he sat in there knowing every storm that was going to hit that boat, knowing every wave that was going to crash over that boat. And still he chose that place to lay his head. Hallelujah. He knows every storm that will hit your boat. He knows every wave that will rock it. And he still chose you. Hallelujah. He still chose you to lay his head. He still chose you to dwell. Oh, praise be to God. He still got in that boat. And when he got in that boat, my, the storm began to come up. The disciples, they began to be afraid. But it was a man with enough power sleeping soundly. Sleeping soundly. They woke him up to bail water. Think about it. They woke God up to say, here's a bucket. Bail some water. Don't you care we're all going to die? Why, they didn't have any idea of the power that was in their boat. Oh, my. We ought to be able to worship like everybody's here right now. They didn't know what the power that was in their boat. Sometimes we don't realize the power that's in our boat tonight. We don't recognize the same power that was there on the day of Pentecost. It's the same power that's here tonight and more. Say how come? Because today is a promise of a rapture. And we're called to rapturing faith. And there's enough power in the bride to take a rapture. I believe that with all my heart. Oh, if we could just recognize the power that's in the boat, we wouldn't be getting up Jesus and say, God, bail me out of this, bail me out of that, bail me out of this. Say, Lord, speak the word. Let me hear the voice again. Oh, Jesus. His voice makes the difference. When he speaks, it relieves my troubled mind. Oh, hallelujah. If you go over with me to 2 Peter, 2 Peter in the first chapter, we'll close with this tonight. 2 Peter chapter 1, down to the very end of it in verse 17. Peter begins to write, it says, For he received from God the Father honor, and glory, when there came such a voice to him, he's speaking about Mount Transfiguration, such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him on the holy mount, and we have a more sure word of prophecy. 
Oh, hallelujah. Peter, who was there on the day of transfiguration, right there on the mountain, beholding it all, he heard the voice of God that caused him to fall on his face and be sore afraid. He was there, and he says, we got something better. Oh, think about it, because we got the voice of God today in the word of God. We've got a message speaking out, creating, rapturing faith. Oh, my. Hallelujah. Wherefore do we well? That we take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy man of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise be to God. I'm also one of those ones that was studying that message and knoweth it not. What happened? It was a prophet that moved by the Holy Ghost began to cry out against a sinful generation. Began to speak things and prophecies that today are being fulfilled. By what? By the Holy Ghost. Not because he thought about it, wrote it down in notes and made some bold prediction. He didn't even have a note. It's just the Holy Spirit began to speak. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Oh, praise be to God. We got something to hang our hats on. We got something to hinge our souls on. To not be worried, but fear not, for I am with you. Oh, praise be to God. Let's stand on our feet. Hallelujah. There's a voice today that's crying out. As the scripture said, it was the voice. His voice was as the sound of many waters. Brother Branham would say the voice of many waters. He says that's a horrible thing. That it would be to a soul drifting. A voice of many waters. What is this voice? It's the judgment. The voice of ministers through the Holy Spirit that's cried out to the people in every age standing there. The voice of many waters cried out thickness in multitudes. The voice of those seven stars in his hand in every church age preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the baptism in Jesus' name. Speaking in tongues. The power of God. The resurrection of Christ. The second coming. Divine judgment. The many of, and the voice of many waters came forth from this one that looked like the son of man what's he saying what was his voice his voice is the preachers today crying out preaching the word of God says that's the voice that's the judgment that's what you'll be judged upon what did you do with this truth what is truth in this day where is it at it's in the hearts of man again it's knocking on our doors it's knocking on our hearts door what did you do with it It's here to set you free. Oh, praise be to God. Because there is a bride in Revelations 19. There is a bride that began to cry out. And John would write about it in Revelations 19.6. And he says, and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude. And as the voice of many waters. That's the same voice. And as the voice of mighty thundering saying, hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Oh, there's a voice tonight. Speaking through a many-membered bride. Oh, church, it's time. Lift up your head for your redemption job. I keep listening for a different sound. Brother Jeffrey, if you come, I keep listening for a different sound. 
the sound of the, of the city of Jonsa. That voice, that city coming down. I'm listening for the voice of my master saying, come up. I heard the voice say, come out. Now I'm listening for it to say, come on up. It ain't a different voice. It's the same voice. Come up a little higher. Come up into heavenly places. Come and dwell with me. Come be with me in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you sing that, Brother John. We hear about the wars. See famine in the land. Oh, there's questions in the little questions everywhere today. Trouble in the east again. The whole world is shaking. There's no sure place to stand. And mournful sounds oh, are heard true. throughout the land. But that's not what I'm listening to. saying oh it will come to pass there will come a generation that will be the last I can't believe it I can't believe I'm standing here near the end of time and the preacher's voice echoing in my mind Let's all bow our heads together. Those that are here, those that are listening in, what are you listening for? What are you listening to? Is there something that's deafening your hearing? That you're busy tuned into something else? I'd encourage you tonight, put it away. Put away all the dainties of the world that is that is so drowned out the voice of God. Get yourself aside in this time. Get yourself in the secret of your prayer closet. Say, oh God, speak to me. Let me hear your voice tonight. Let me hear you speak to me. I don't want to hear the voice of the news. I don't want to hear the voice of even my family. I don't want to hear the voice of my friends. I want to hear your voice, Lord. And you could speak and re, re oh God, redeem me back to fellowship with the mystery of Christ again. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Heavenly Father. Lord God, you see every heart, Lord. 
that is under the sound of my voice, Lord, that would recognize this is the hour, this is the time. Lord, this coming of the Son of Man is so near, Lord Jesus, that you're here living in the lives of your bride, calling us up yonder. Oh, Jesus, we don't want to miss that sound. We don't want to miss that call. Lord, we don't want to be off trying to buy oil somewhere when the call comes. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. We don't want to be off searching for something else, Lord. We want to be ready, watching, waiting for the coming of Almighty God. Father, give us a greater sense of urgency tonight. A greater sense, oh God, the Lord, you are coming. It's any day now, any day now. Oh God, we love you with all our hearts. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Father, Lord, if there be anyone, Lord, that has not heard that voice to come out and come in. Oh, Father, may they hear it tonight. My calling out in my own voice. Would you speak to them a voice behind the voice? Speak to their hearts tonight, Lord Jesus. There's still blood on the mercy seat. There's still a God that saves tonight. Oh, Father, Lord, we reach out, oh God. Touch every heart. Come meet every need, Lord. You are here. You are here. We commit each one to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, we're looking forward to that meeting. Lord, there was many in the Bible. Moses represented you. Joseph, different ones, Jeremiah, Isaiah, David. Lord, that you lived through, Lord. Father, but one day there's going to be a meeting because they without us cannot be made perfect. We'll be there. I'll be there, Lord. Oh, Father, I'll be there. We love you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you just want to change the order a little bit, Brother Jeffrey, and sing that song, there's going to be a meeting. You've heard of so many things, but what about the bride? You've heard of little Moses, you've heard of David, you've heard of dreaming Joseph, you've heard of Jonah. Those are all testifying of Jesus. But there's a little bride that one day we're going to add a verse to this song. You've heard of an overcoming people in Laodicea. Amen, Brother Amen. Jeffrey. And they're going to take a course out of here. Amen. There'll be a time on the other side where the bride of this day could stand up and add a verse to it and say, but we were victorious Amen. by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead. You have heard of little 